What we saw today is Jason Kenney's plan to make you pay more and get less. We knew we were going to see cuts. What he didn't tell us was that every single Albertan was going to pay more in income tax. What he didn't tell us was that you'll pay more for the services that you count on. And quite frankly, what he didn't tell us is just how deep those cuts would go. This is basically a plan to make everyday Albertans pay for this government's four and a half billion dollar no job handout to big corporations and the super rich. A handout that so far has done nothing but usher in 27,000. Well, hey, folks, welcome back to another edition of The Herd. I'm David Shepard, MLA for Edmonton City Centre, proud new Democrat. And I think we can safely say this has been uh, quite a week in politics. Of course, we started out earlier on Monday with the uh, federal election. We'd all been watching that closely. Some interesting results there. We have a new liberal minority government headed by the returning pre Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Alberta remaining staunchly conservative, as did Saskatchewan. Some interesting things to dig into there about what that's going to mean for Alberta and politics in Canada, and we're going to dig into that a bit, probably in some future episodes. But for this week, we are mainly going to talk about the budget. So off the top there, you heard from Rachel Notley, leader of the official opposition, with some of her reaction to the UCP's first budget, which they introduced this week. You know, I think uh, probably since the election back in April, we've all been waiting to see exactly how the UCP was going to follow through. How are they going to fulfill their campaign promise to balance the budget and, uh, in their words, reignite the Alberta economy? A big part of that, is if you want to know what a government's going to do, how they intend to act, you need to see their budget. And really, when you're looking at a budget, you're looking at a lot of individual choices. Uh, where are you going to invest? Uh, where are you going to spend less? What things might you just cut entirely? And I can tell you, having looked at this government's budget and seen some of the choices they're making, well, there's some very clear choices in this budget. Off the top, uh, I can tell you, we see, well, there's a freeze in funding for education. Uh, they've chosen to allow a 1% increase in health, but I'll tell you, as the health critic, there's some really interesting choices in how they're shifting around where those dollars are going to go. There's a continuing commitment to their promise to cut the corporate tax rate uh, at a potential cost of up to about $4.5 billion in revenue over the next four years, at the same time as they are eliminating every single tax credit aimed at diversifying our economies by supporting Alberta's growing tech and innovation sector that I was talking with Darren about last week. Uh, as Rachel noted off the top, really interesting move in this budget, interesting choice, especially for a conservative party who campaigned on not raising taxes in this budget. They are basically asking every single Alberta taxpayer to pay more in personal income tax, about $600 per family by the end of four years. So, some really interesting choices that I think says a lot about what this government's priorities are. But we're going to dig into that today. We're going to dig in in detail. But before we do, 
I'd like to take a moment to share with you a conversation that I had earlier this week with Joe Cece. Joe Cece, of course, is the former Minister of Finance, President of the Treasury Board uh, under uh, Premier Notley's government. And I had a chance to talk with Joe, and we get a bit behind the scenes on how a provincial budget gets put together, all the people, the staff, the, all the work that takes to make that happen. And we talk about why he and the other members of Premier Notley's cabinet made the choices they did in the budgets that they brought in over the last four years. So to begin, here's me and Joe Cece. All right, folks, I am here with Joe Cece, a 15-year city councillor. So you've been a busy guy. You've had a lot of experience. (laughs) So let's think about 2015. You've just been elected as the MLA for Calgary Fort. And then Rachel taps you on the shoulder and says, Joe, you are my Minister of Finance. What's going through your mind? What have I gotten into? (laughs) Yeah, I I remember the phone call. She uh, said, you know, uh, what are you thinking? And I said, "Uh, thinking Minister of Municipal Affairs, or I'm thinking Minister of Community Social Services, or Human Human." Human yeah, was human services at the time. Yeah, we broke it up later. And then we broke it up later. And, and she said, no, no, not, not really going there. I'm thinking Minister of Finances. Why? Okay. Did you, um, did you say yeah, why? Yeah, no, I, I said, you know, I uh, want to know why. And she goes, well, look, you've been involved with uh, really big budgets at the city of Calgary for 15 years. You know your way around municipal financing. Mm. Uh, she goes, this is a bigger... Bigger, bigger thing for sure, but uh, we feel like you've got the experience and the background to be able to uh, work across departments, work with ministries, and bring this home for us. So uh, I said, I'd uh, gladly do it. So what was it like the first few days? Uh, sort of digging out the high school calculator? Or kind of- <laughs> no, no. It was, uh, you know, getting into the uh, fiscal plans of the previous budget, uh, seeing okay. where their budget was, uh, meeting with my deputy, um, who was uh, Ray Gilmore at the time, mm-hmm. and uh, kind of getting a rundown on where things were with the province, uh, province's finances. Um, and so it was a lot of uh, quick study with uh, some really talented people. Ray and his uh, uh, his, yeah. his team was excellent, and I give them a lot of credit for uh, helping us put together four pretty incredible budgets. Yeah, I would imagine that good staff is key. I mean, when you're dealing with uh, over 20-plus 20, right. 20 ministries, uh, that initial budget around $45 billion right. for a population of about 4.3 million Albertans. You, uh, you want a little well, we, had, we had a great budget prep team. Um, and there was maybe, you know, 15 people uh, who were in that that uh, really tight-knit circle right. that we could, uh, I could work with in the finance department. And then their their supports rolled out across all of the ministries. Uh, the uh, financial officers and all the ministries kind of rolled their information in. And that's, it's, it's a big uh, year-long exercise. Uh, that doesn't just happen, uh, you know, two months before. Sure. It starts, uh, it starts with the first quarter and kind of seeing how close you are to your projections. 
And you guys made some moves pretty quick, like early on. Uh, I imagine you sat down with Rachel, so they had some conversations, had people that were kind of knocking at the door, kind of going, okay, what's going to happen? Yeah. Yeah, because there isn't a budget yet. And I know one of the first moves really early on, $100 million right up front to fund education to let schools know they would have their enrollment yeah, funding for right. the fall. Right. So how did how did that break down? How that did you was pull very that much platform stuff. And uh, we, we said we have to follow our platform. We have to follow the things we said we were going to do. Um, that was to fully fund enrollment in education. Um, and so we pulled it off by uh, sitting down with administration and saying, okay, this is what we said we were going to do. What it, What is the implications of that? And they quickly give you an overview. Um, yeah, so right off the bat, it was working closely with the, the premier, uh, premier and her, um, her circle uh, and then kind of uh, making sure that we could deliver from the finance uh, ministry point of view and then working with cabinet to get their buy-in on all these things. But you're right. A lot of, a lot of stakeholders come to the floor right away and they say, look, the previous people didn't do this. We'd like you to do it. And you right. really have to start sifting through all of that and make sure that it's in line with your, uh, your, your, your values, your platform and your promises. In my sense, at least from the ground, as a uh, as a backbench MLA, of course, I wasn't at the cabinet table or some of these other discussions, but when I was getting out in the community, starting to meet with organizations, starting to talk with folks, schools and others, I got the sense that there was dialogue going on, that we were reaching out and talking with a fair number of people just to sort of give a little yeah. bit of reassurance and kind of plan how we're going to move forward. Because by the time we hit the fall, I remember there were announcements on homelessness funding, there was announcements on funding for women's shelters, a lot of pieces that were sort of communicated and put out before our yeah, first budget. We, uh, of course, heard from a lot of stakeholders, like I was saying, and then I did pre-budget tours uh, where I would go out and listen to Albertans uh, right. in in small towns and big towns, meet with chambers of commerce, meet with stakeholders, and and what we really did uh, kind of that's different from this current UCP government is that we engaged around budget uh, and had discussions with people and organizations and in different forums around. Our oh, budget. come on, Joe. They had one question, <laughs> which I didn't answer. <laughs> you might want to get on yeah, that yeah, before yeah. Thursday. Yeah, I want to do that. But, but uh, you know, that's what I found is that we talked a lot to people about what do you want to see in budget before we put budget together sure. and uh, roll that information up. I also did telephone town halls like they copied us and did that just recently. But okay. the other thing that you know, I uh, we did, um, and to, uh, first talked to Chambers of Commerce, mm -hmm. pretty much business interest. Yeah, I remember The that. next year after that, it was business interest and some social supports. Actually, I remember in the first year, Joe, we actually met with the nonprofit. Yeah. I remember that. Well, that must house. have given me the, uh, the, the, the impetus to sit, push back a little bit to my folks who are planning all these things in my office and say, no, we've got to get a broader cross-section of voices to the table, not just business people. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. So what is the process of actually putting that budget together? So obviously, I know your staff are doing a lot of the work, right. you, but you're in there as the finance minister. Can you give us a bit of a sense of the mechanics sure. of making the provincial well, budget? Uh, the mechanics is you're, you're always checking to see how your current budget is going. So that really uh, can limit what you do okay. in future budget. You do in the quarterly reports. Yeah, you, you get as close you are to budget. Uh, and then you, uh, you, you kind of set goals and directions and you say look 
we're, we're thinking we're not going to see the budget grow by more than CPI or something like that, or less than CPI, so a smaller percentage. Um, and you say, okay, what would that look like if we only did that? Where would the money have to uh, get put uh, across the budget and where are the needs uh, that we want to address? So you start you start putting out some principles okay, uh, and then say, okay, come back with building the budget based on these principles. You check with the premier, of course, and see if there's things that uh, she's thinking that need to go in the budget um, because you have to find room, obviously, you have to find room. So that's how you start it. Um, and then if Min goes away, they come back to you and say, okay, this is start laying down documents in terms of what you've got so far. Um, and you have to have some key things in the budget, like many of our budget you know, recovery built to last. So it was focused on mm. employment and what we need to do to get the economy going. Uh, so you have to have some throws that are recognizable in that, in that way. Um, we, we, of course, had early on, we had David Dodge who gave us some advice yes. around the capital spending part of the budget. And uh, we helped cushion the, 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 the blow of the recession for many Albertans and their and businesses in Alberta by investing 15% more on top of the previous government's capital budget. Right. So you have to find room for those sorts of things in the budget. So within about the last two months coming up to the budget presentation, you're, you're kind of winnowing down. You're getting a sense of, okay, this is the theme. This is what we're doing. This is the, the revenue coming in. Uh, you're always checking with your revenue projections to make sure that you can do what you want to do. Um, and you're checking with other governments, like the federal government, to see what they're doing uh, and how you can leverage off. The one great leverage that we made of the federal government was the uh, child benefit. They right. were coming in with a federal child benefit. We <clears throat> matched it and improved it with the uh, Alberta child benefit, and it's really helped reduce poverty in this province. And I can say with a lot of pride that, uh, uh, you know, that, that was something that we uh, all uh, put our back to back shoulder to the wheel and said we want to do this. Mm. Excellent. So you do all that work, you do all the preparation, the staff brings it all to you, we print up the documents, you walk into the house, it's budget day. So there's a, there's a few sort of ceremonial aspects and stuff like that, and today you brought with you your budget platform. Now, now to be clear to everyone who can't see this here in uh, in the studio, we're not talking about a, uh, a booklet, you know, his printed platform, we're talking an actual wooden platform that you say was made for you by well, legislative yes, staff. made by legislative staff. I wanted to kind of get a get up a little higher okay um, when i was uh, stand a little taller stand a little taller uh, <laughs> delivering the budget so you know more people could see and uh get a better line of sight down at the uh, speech that i was delivering and so uh, somebody made this in uh, maintenance and uh, it was it was i used it a couple of budgets and it was really great i yeah. Fantastic. And one of the other traditions then is also the budget shoes. Can you tell us a In bit about four, that? four years, uh, the first set of shoes was a pair of boots that I brought back from Ontario. Um, they were my father's oh. construction boots. Okay. Boots. Yeah. And so I, I put them on the side of my desk and I said, I'm not going out to do the usual, buy a pair of uh, shoes or get my shoes fixed. I'm go you know, the, these shoes are my father's and uh, these boots are my father's. And, and I'm in... I've been thinking about him a lot as mm -hmm. delivering this budget because he was a, a hardworking uh, construction guy every day of his life. Uh, 
And I said, and, and we're working hard to get us back to work in Alberta because of the recession was just starting to bite. Yeah. Uh, so that was number one. Number two was I gave budget shoes away to, I mean, budget shoes. Uh, yeah, I guess they are budget shoes. Yeah. Uh, they, <laughs> well, they, they weren't necessarily cheaply bought, but they, they were shoes from the budget. <laughs> uh, construction boots to uh, women's futures. The, the women, cons- women building futures. That's right. Excellent. Uh, to a young woman there. Um, and then the third year, uh, bought some sneakers for uh a young kid who was uh, playing soccer, and we were trying to support families a lot right. in third budget. Uh, so he he was a young new Canadian, and I gave him a pair of soccer boots. And the fourth one, this yeah. the kicker. You remember the fourth one? I don't. It was a, a virtual set of shoes. Oh yes, we, we that was a lot famous photograph. Yeah, yes. we were doing a lot in the tech area <laughs> with that budget, uh, the 2018 budget. Right. And so we we're investing in tech and tech tax credits yes, for tech. Yes, I remember that. So we went to a local. A company here that was a startup yes. in tech areas, and they do stuff around, uh, you know, re- uh, uh, selling houses and uh, making sure people can go virtually in these houses. Right. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. That was for an open house. So they had <laughs> designed a pair of virtual shoes for right. me. But you're right, there was a pair of goggles. Right? Yes. There's VR goggles <laughs> that I had on that I heard from uh, the preview around a lot. Like, do I need to wear a goggle? Uh, so folks had some fun with me. So I didn't have one way. pair of boots or shoes that I kept for myself. I gave right. them all away or that's, that's fantastic. <laughs> So in talking about that, Joe, you talked a lot about some of the principles that informed the budgets you put together. Now, we've seen a lot of different ways of approaching a budget here in the province of Alberta. Um, Some folks will remember the Klein years. Some might be too young to remember those days, but pretty (laughs) indeed, you know, uh, but and you've experienced this from a lot of different sides. I mean, you spent 15 years as a city council. Yeah. You worked for three years with uh, with Momentum, a community organization that focused on community development. And so we're dependent, I imagine, on some provincial dollars for doing some of the work you did to try to get people employed. So... What was it? What was informing how you approach putting together these budgets based on all those experiences? Well, like this is a, you know, the, the government of Alberta and its many ministries are a big organization. <clears throat> so you need you, you need to continue on doing the things that are usual, right? Like the trains have to keep running. So right. you've got a, you've got a, a portion of your budget that is committed to all of those things, uh, whether it's environment parks, whether it's uh, uh, community social services, whether it's uh, uh, any 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 range of things that this province does on a regular basis have to continue on for its citizenry and for the province. So there's there's a portion of budget though that is somewhat discretionary that you have okay. some more influence over, and uh, that's where you can put your stamp on things. Now, I, I regrettably, I think this current government is going to uh, not only take some discretionary things away, but they're going to take um, you know the more mean services away. Some of the core austerity austerity yeah. budget is going to be happening. Budgeting is happening with maybe 15, 10 to 15 percent yeah. cuts across the top. Wow. Um, which will be disastrous for uh, people and community. Uh, and they will expect and, and anticipate a lot and, and get a lot less from their government in the future. So that's. Kind of, you know, the and we we used we used to sit down and kind of 
think about, and many of the chiefs of staff of the premiers were responsible. You know, okay, we're we're th- we're going into uh, coming out of uh, kind of coming out of recession into recovery. So maybe we need to look at. Um, like this, uh, this subtitle is a recovery built to last. So we focused on what are those things that need to go on a budget that will keep this going in terms of recovery. Um, early on, it was uh, making sure that people had the supports they needed mm. in the depth of the recession. Uh, so we had to have a, a, we had a spike in um, you know social supports for individuals and families, and we built the budget around that. We said you know, we're going to be there. We're going to have people's back through this uh, recession. So that's kind of you know the, the 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 ebbs and flows of the theming that goes on in budget preparation. So, so the the current government has been pretty critical mm-hmm. of our record, you know, and uh, at times of you personally, um, somewhat less than politely so maybe, but <laughs> so much for raising the decorum. But the, one of their criticisms is they say our government just simply spent too much, that we weren't showing leadership on behalf of Albertans because we kind of bucked the trend that had been the case with conservative governments in the province of Alberta, that when the price of oil would drop, we would make cuts. And oftentimes, as you said, those would be cuts of just a percentage percentage amount, not targeted, not looking at specifics, just saying, we're going to give you 10% less and you figure it out. So you've been on both sides of that equation as a finance minister. You've been a municipal councillor sort of getting that handed down to you. I don't see that as leadership. I see that as downloading responsibilities to actually find real savings or actually determine real solutions. What are your thoughts? 1995 to 2001 years on city council in Calgary were pretty lean years. Um, there was the Klein government was uh, here, uh, and they were going through their whole cutbacks, cutbacks, cutbacks. Um, so we at the city of Calgary had to uh, respond to that. Uh, we, you know, had to look internally and find efficiencies where we could. Uh, but I can tell you that it was very, very challenging, and we did not build uh, for the Calgary that uh, was starting to boom, right. starting to and and. And uh, the next uh, council after 2001 was Dave Bronconier's council. And uh, he, he got in by saying, I am going to invest. Uh, we're going to build uh, for what this city needs. Uh, and that led eventually to Dave securing the uh, uh, Municipal Sustainability Initiative, or MSI, in 2008. Um, and, and, you know, it was... It was uh, it was it was great because we at the city of Calgary we started looking at our ability to uh, use debt in good ways for the city to build capital. Uh, we had a federal government uh, that was supporting us, not to the extent we wanted, but it was supporting uh, cities. Uh, we were putting pressure on uh, the federal government to invest more in cities, and we were able to get MSI. Uh, started up in 2008 and really drive uh, what the, 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 the city needed in terms of extensions of the LRT of the west and uh, north and south and, and east. Mm. So I've been on councils where we've had austerity as a result of provincial, provincial cutbacks and uh, we did not set that city up uh, to, to win as much as it 
what did after 2001 when we really put our, the pedal to the metal and spending to address the needs of the city. You know, I, I think what we can expect, as I said, is uh, I don't think it is a leadership when the government says uh, we're going to cut back because uh, we believe that uh, that'll increase our, you know, our, our credit ratings mm. and all these sorts of things. Um, I, I had yearly meetings with economists here every year uh, when I was finance minister. And I would show them the, the the I would show them the layout of our books, and they said, "Look, you guys are not in financial trouble. Uh, any province <clears throat> would be happy to have the problems you have, which are uh, we had low uh, uh, net debt to GDP in this province. Uh, we had." the ability to raise more if we wanted to. Uh, but I continually went back to them and said, you don't understand Alberta to the extent that you need to. So a PST is not going to fly here because um, they were saying you have the ability to raise fiscal. Mm-hmm. If you want to, you have a good net debt to GDP. Um, you've got uh, a good, uh, uh, great uh, resource in the oil and gas sector here. Uh, so we know that it's going to be revenue for the long term. Uh, you need to diversify your economy, and we we put yeah time and energy into budgets to do that. So we had a question from one of our listeners, Patrick, on Facebook. He asked, how long does it typically take the government to release a budget? It's very suspicious that the UCP are saying it's going to release the budget after the federal election. I can't imagine that the budget takes six months to prepare. Yeah, no, it's all political. They're, they're doing that because... Um, they believe it'll negatively negatively affect Andrew Shears, and this is coming out Friday, right? So we'll know. Yeah, we'll know later today. Indeed. Uh, yeah. uh, day what the situation is around the federal election, but um, no, it's it doesn't take uh, the length of time that the UCP government is taking to do it. Um, this is a political state that they're making to hold off, so they believe they won't negatively affect the chances of the APCs. Right. You're now serving as the uh, as our official critic for yep. municipal affairs. Exactly. So you've been out, you've been out talking with municipal leaders across the province. You were at the uh, uh, at the AUMA and some of these other conferences talking with folks. There are some concerns that are coming forward from some about some of the early potential decisions of this government. Again, mm-hmm. sort of possibly cutting RCMP funding, other things, downloading some of those responsibilities onto local municipalities. What are uh, what are your thoughts? What are yeah, you hearing no, on the ground? Please, funding cuts is. Uh, reverberating across the smaller towns, MDs, and uh, special areas. So they're kind of wondering what it means. The downloading is what they anticipate will happen, or they'll or they'll cut uh, services uh, in other areas, which would be problematic because many of the services that uh, they do right now are preventative in nature. Mm. They help yes. uh, communities. They help people, and uh, they don't. You know, they don't want to get rid of those. They don't want to lose those. Uh, the other thing we're hearing, of course, is that uh, uh, capital investment generally, um, you know, the capital budget will probably be pared back as well. And this is not a province that's not growing. It's still growing. And uh, as we had David Dodge involved, you know, capital investment when uh, you're in a struggling time is a good good expenditure because uh, it's, everything's cheaper. Um when you know people are are looking for work.
work or companies are looking for work, they're more willing to bid lower on things. Uh, materials cost less, equipment costs less uh, in in recession. Uh, and, and we're not growing fantastically yet. I mean, I think there was, uh, uh, you know, hopes that we would grow 1.9% or something, and that's been typically... Yeah. It, it, eroded as we've been into the year. Um, so this is not a, a, a real growing economy. It means that we need to spark it with uh, investment uh, like we did when we uh, had David Dodgers in place. Well, there you go. And, you know, one of the interesting things to me in talking with Joe there about how a budget gets put together is the number of people it takes to get that work done. They have a whole team of experts running the numbers, providing the information, putting the documents together. And you know what? It takes a team to critique a budget, too. So yesterday... Here's a little bit of background on how things go down on budget day. So yesterday morning, of course, uh, myself and some of my other colleagues, we were in the legislative chamber uh, in the House and we were debating legislation. But in the meantime, there's what was going on was the budget lockup. Now, budget lockup is something that happens every budget day where reporters, media, uh, sometimes folks from advocacy organizations, and indeed our leader, Rachel Notley, and our deputy leader, Sarah Hoffman, were all in a room where they were given copies of the budget in advance of the budget speech. So they spent hours sitting and going through those documents, making notes, trying to get a sense of the choices this government was making and where this government was going. Uh, Interesting side note, the government made some interesting choices this year. A number of advocacy organizations that have traditionally been allowed in under both conservative and NDP governments, not allowed in this year. Uh, Another interesting choice, nobody was allowed any cell phones or any form of contact with the outside, whereas in previous years, reporters were allowed to at least have their cell phone handy even if they weren't supposed to make contact with anyone. Again, choices governments make. So after after the budget lockup, we all go into the House at 3.15. Minister Travis Taves steps up to his podium. He begins his budget speech. The documents are tabled. We each receive our copy of the financial statements, the uh, the estimates, uh, the business plans, everything that goes with the budget. And immediately, me and all of my colleagues in the opposition, we've got our pens and highlighters out, and we are starting to dig into our individual portfolios. In the meantime, Sarah and Rachel are down in the rotunda of the legislature and getting ready to talk to the press. And here's a bit more of what Rachel had to say from that clip off the top. Jason Kenney ran on cutting taxes. Instead, every single Albertan will pay more in personal income tax. For the first time since 2001, this government will not be indexing tax brackets. This means Albertans will have to pay $600 million more in taxes over this term. Our staff are busily going through the notes that Sarah and Rachel have made to get information to each of us as critics on our files so that we're ready to respond to the media. And even as this budget speech is going on, I get called out of the house. Some of my other colleagues get called out of the house. We're downstairs. We're studying up. We're reading our notes. And we're getting ready to talk to the media. So... It takes a team to critique a budget, and it takes a team to get the word out about what 
we found. So we talked to press and I and most of my colleagues also took to social media to tell Albertans about our concerns about the choices this government has made in their first budget. Hi everybody, I've been going through the budget documents and I have to say I'm really concerned about education. I'm here right now, I've just left the legislature after the UCP and Jason Kenney have tabled their first budget. And what they have on the surface, what they are claiming that they are maintaining funding from healthcare hides all kinds of cuts underneath. And really, it's not a fiscal plan, it's a fiscal farce. What he also did is drive investment out of this province by eliminating all three tax credit programs that we brought in with the help and recommendation of businesses. We knew that tuition was going to go up, and it is, but what we didn't know and what he lied about was that each and every one of us is now going to be paying more personal income taxes. That they have rolled up and changed the eligibility requirements for the Alberta Child Benefit. And what that's gonna mean for Albertans is about 165,000 families are gonna get less now um, as that for that benefit and 55,000 families are no longer gonna be eligible. There's $100 million more uh, in uh, school fees being passed on to parents. There's $4.5 billion being given away in a no jobs corporate handout. And uh, what's happening is that kids are paying the price. We see cuts for diagnostics, $38 million cut for diagnostic services at a time when Albertans are reporting they are seeing their wait time surge up to seven to nine months for urgent CT scans. He's delayed the South Edmonton Hospital right here in, in Edmonton South. Um, till, it's not going to open until 2030. Mr. Kenny thinks that he knows better than the businesses and entrepreneurs of this province. It is not a good day in Alberta and the worst of it is Jason Kenny lied. Well, there you go. Some of the thoughts from myself and my colleagues about what we're seeing that we're concerned about, about the choices that this government is making in their first budget. So if you want to find out more, there's been a lot of great reporting. Uh, check out our local media. You'll find lots of great stuff there. Hashtag AB budget on Twitter. You can find a lot of folks talking about it there. And indeed, you'll probably find a lot of local stakeholders. So uh, community organizations, I think Edmonton City Council is going to have a few things to say. I imagine we're going to hear some things out of Calgary. So there's going to be lots of folks talking about this in the community, and we're hoping that maybe on next week's episode, we can bring you some of their thoughts on things too. But in the meantime, we are going to keep talking with you. We're going to keep talking with Albertans about our concerns and hearing from you about what some of your concerns might be about the decisions of this government. Indeed, this week, we uh, held some of our first Facebook Live sessions for the Alberta NDP caucus. So uh, myself and Shannon Phillips were up on uh, Wednesday night and we had a chance to take questions from Albertans. You can find that video on the Alberta's NDP, uh, Alberta's New Democrat Caucus Facebook page. You can find that video as well as the video from last night when uh, Sarah Hoffman and Thomas Dang uh, reacted to the budget and uh, took some questions from Albertans as well. So uh, we'll, of course, be here with the podcast again next week and continuing to dig into all sorts of things around our work in the Alberta legislature. So as we've done in weeks previous when we've had guests on the show, I talked to Joe CC a little bit about his love of music. He has a lot of great stuff happening in his own constituency of Calgary Buffalo. So here's a little bit of that conversation.
Now, I know you are a man who loves his music. You love your live music yeah, every yeah. year at the Calgary Folk Fest. You're, yeah, uh, you're regular, Fest, yeah. yeah, you're regular at a lot of the Calgary live music venues. Yeah. Uh, any particular Calgary artists or Alberta artists you've had, uh, had your ears on lately? Uh, many Alberta artists I've had my ears on, ears on. Um, well, I, I know that the uh, leader talked about Tom Phillips and the Medicon, no, the Tom Phillips and the DTs now. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, yeah, we featured Tom a couple weeks Did ago, you? yeah. Okay, yeah, I think yeah, I... Yeah. Um, Lori Matheson is a friend of mine. Oh, Lori's fantastic. Yeah. He's been around for a while. And he's producing lots of work now. Um, Art Bergman is somebody that uh, oh. I like. Punk uh, from DOA. Is he hanging around Alberta these days? Airdrie. Airdrie, Airdrie really? Because yeah, yeah, he yeah. was out in Vancouver, wasn't uh, he? He was. He's yeah. retired now in... Uh, well, we shouldn't say he's retired. He's, he's doing a GoFundMe for a new album. Really? Yeah. In Airdrie. He, wow. Just east of Airdrie. Okay. Um, that could be a good album. Type. Emily, Emily, Emily Triggs is another person. Um, lots of people have been to my... I've hired lots of musicians to come to my fundraiser. Okay. And yeah. uh, so these are all people who have been to my fundraisers and done... Chris Demeanor is another one. Ah, oh, yes. Chris has been He's around for a while. Yeah. yeah. So I love all of their music. Uh, they're all Calgarians. Uh, Tim Huss is another one. Mm, yes. Kind of like uh, Stompin' Tom. Yeah, of the West. Yeah. 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 So uh, I just... Um, those, awesome. those folks. Yeah. yeah. So I might go to the Blues Can. I go to the Blues Can as often as I can. Iron right. as often as I can. Uh, are those are those in Calgary, Buffalo? Are yeah, those in your constituency? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So Gerf, we got the heart of Calgary music. In Gerf Morlix is at the Ironwood. This Gerf, really? And, okay, and for and those who don't know, Gerf Morlix, longtime Nashville uh, musician, yeah. guitar player, session player, Lucinda, very Williams, talented guy. Yeah, yeah. And back played with her golden age there. Yeah, I know. So yeah, no, I'm I'm excited about. Uh, Whenever I have the opportunity to go out and listen to music, uh, because it's uh, a, a bomb for you know the the kind of stuff we get into, which is uh, <laughs> yes takes too much of you <laughs> takes too much out of you sometimes, and and music puts it back in. Absolutely. Thanks so much for coming in today, Joe. My pleasure. Thanks a lot, Dave. So there you go. Joe Cece, big fan of Alberta music, live music here in the province. So we'll be back next week with uh, more conversation on the budget, some other issues that we're going to get into. But we're going to send you out today with a track from one of the artists that Joe just mentioned, a uh, real icon of the Canadian punk scene and now apparently an Alberta resident, uh, Mr. Art Bergman from the uh, 2017 re-release of his 1991 album, Remember Her Name. We're going to send you out with this track, Faithlessly Yours. Oh